Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, Jessica. Hey, Elsie. Oh, I'm a little froggy. <laughs> what? I'm a little, I sound a little froggy. Hey, Elsie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How are you? You didn't, you didn't uh, have that frog sound earlier today. I'm trying. I'm trying. Yeah. No, um, how are you? How I'm good. Everything? I'm good. I'm doing well. Thank you. I can't believe we're, you know, headed into the fall season now. I know. I can't believe it. At least in the North Hemisphere, since we know we have a world audience, there's some people that are heading into springtime right now. God help me. You know, I just realized when you said heading into the fall season that with each season, I change trimesters because of the IVF. I was implanted on the 15th of March, which is right before spring. Uh Uh-huh. And so now here it is, like, my third trimester starts right before, like, the 21st of fall. Mm. Isn't that weird? Wow. I never even realized that. It's so bizarre. You are so aligned with the seasons. I am. I'm I'm moon based. <laughs> <laughs> and it feels that way as well. You are moon based. I am moon based. Anyway, yeah. So you just said that and I thought, oh yeah, because I'm just starting my third trimester also. But um yeah, so that's what signifies the fall for me, at least right now. There you go. Oh, and how you go. A last little bit. Halloween. So um I've seen a couple little discussions there. I, I, I wanted to address this because I, th- I thought somebody got a little bit heated. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> because somebody got a little bit huffy. I um, got huffy. Yeah, somebody got a little huffy day. about a discussion. Oh, and I see someone left the group because some of the tags on here are not. Don't yeah, um, it is. It's just, a con- it was a conversation that we kind of can, can, now touch back on because we already had this conversation about kind of biz podcasters versus hobby podcasters and um you at that mo- at that time when we were having this discussion you were going like I didn't know that that was there and I said yes it is um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't think that you had been exposed to it yet but now you have been so let me tell you I was so naive <laughs> I was so naive. And you know what? I can't even... I, I wonder if he deleted it because... You can't find I see, it. I see somewhat of an apology. Oh. Um, and, and he got a hundred or so private emails. So, so let me just explain what happened and then I'm going to continue to look for it. Okay. Um, Maybe I can a, look for it while you talk. A gentleman who writes for Potter's Hemet Magazine, which I also do, by the way... Um, I can even, I can almost, I was so obsessed with it that I could even like probably word for word it. Basically he said, I'm writing an article for Potter Team and I'm reviewing some of the free resources out there. Every time I see a paid podcasting education resource, I'm disgusted. It makes me sick to my stomach because there are so many free resources out there. And so I just want to know if you have a link. And so some people would left links, but of course it opened him up. For a hundred thousand discussions about making money on podcasting education, so you can imagine as a person who sells and helps people with their podcast for money, I was really offended by that, and I'm pregnant, but that doesn't matter. I would have been offended either way, but I was a little more vocal probably than I normally would be, and i I just kept you know I was commenting, and then other people were commenting not necessarily on my comment, but there were other people who commented and were like, you know, anytime a business person comes along, everything goes to shit because they start marketing and selling and marketing and selling. And then everything, you know, and then nothing is real. Nothing is, um, uh, trustworthy that he doesn't trust anybody who's selling anything ever. And I was like, wow, that's a damaged soul right there. Mm-hmm. But I didn't address that. What I addressed was, 
hey, you know, there's a lot of people who pay, not just me, but who pay for other people's consulting. And we don't, you know, I mean, one of my main points was I started to do it because people were asking me and I didn't want to keep repeating myself. So it wasn't because I thought, hey, let me rape a bunch of wallets in podcasting. You know, let me just let me just see how much I can screw the podcaster out of. It had nothing to do with that. I was being asked over and over, how do you get in Libsyn? Can you show me how to put it in iTunes? How did you get in New and Noteworthy? How do you, how do you, how do you, how do you? And so I just was like, you know what? This needs a course. And because I took, I mean, because all I used was an ebook. It was enough for me, but I'm relatively techie. You know, I, like I need to create something for people who aren't techie, who can do it easily, who don't get intimidated. Because, and you know, and so, and I, but even so, I listed all the, I was like, hey, John Dumas, Cliff Ravenscraft, Chris Gilbertson. I said, that is, I said, and myself, I said, Pat Flynn has a free one. Um, I named Dave Jackson School of Podcasting. I said, we are all different. We all have different experiences. We all cover different aspects. I said, mine goes into how to have a business around it. John covers how to, you know, how to promote his single way. I said, Chris covers a lot of marketing. I said, they're all different. And not, I said, and we have tons of people who have thanked us for creating these courses. How dare you say it makes you sick? But I couldn't believe all the people who would comment and say, yes, group, yeah, they're all a bunch of jerks. Um, And even people who didn't have podcasting schools were like, well, yeah, that seems a little unfair because, you know, like you can get a free resource doing anything. Most people pay for the consulting because they want the mentorship, because they want this or that. And then someone compared, oh, God, Tim Ferriss's podcast to Scott Stratton's podcast. Tim Ferriss was, um, you know, Scott Stratton is not nearly as famous as Tim Ferriss, but um, Tim Ferriss did a very DIY. He learned lessons along the way. It wasn't great at first. The sound quality was poor, et cetera. So, so this person rated Tim's a D plus and gave Scott Stratton a B because he paid for Cliff's course. And yeah, it was a couple, I mean, Cliff's course is like a couple grand. It's nothing to sneeze at, but his his podcast was good from the very beginning, they said. You know, and it's because he took the time to learn how to do it the right way. Not everyone wants to make mistakes the first time out of the gate. Not everyone wants to figure it out right away. And these were people that again who weren't even the educators. They were, I was the, I was probably the only educator indulging in this bullshit. <laughs> because I was just all hot headed about it. Because also I was coming back to the conversation that we had on this show, I was like super like so stupid for me to be like, why we just all love each other and I've never experienced that. How stupid am I, right? <laughs> I, I've never noticed how angry. And then some people were dinging him, were dinging this guy because, oh, he's writing an article ditching business people in a magazine that you have to pay for to read. Oh, okay. That's not hypocritical because Pottertainment is like 12 bucks a year. To read, I think. Yeah, I think I think so it's too. Free, it's not yeah. free. It's a paid thing. So, and all magazines are a paid thing. Blog. I mean, we weren't just writing blog posts. They're, it's a paid. You know, it's a paid gig or for, on some level. Um. So yeah. So anyway, I still I I I don't see his original post, but on the twenty eighth he did post. Um, all it is obvious that my comments yesterday showed two distinct sides to podcasting and even I did not realize there was that big of a divide. I appreciate the hundred or so private emails from folks on both sides of the fence that did not want to leave it comment publicly along with all the public commentary. I'll make sure I cover all points of view in my next article. That being said, I don't want to discount the hard work consultants bring to the table as each has their own strengths. Really? Thanks. The main point of focus, though, will be providing an additional reference resource new podcasters can use. And that's nice. Oh, and then one of the D-bags that was commenting. Okay, so then one person wrote, awesome, look forward to the resource. One person from our group, Karen Hope, said, 10 years of podcasting, we still do have a community where we can speak out, fall out, and be heard. Glad you're a part of it. Puh, I'm not. <laughs> and then another guy who I always think writes something stupid 
wrote, wherever you show passion or convey strong emotions <laughs> on the side of the fence, expect it from the other. On a side note, wow, 100 emails in a day may be a good way to build an email list. Everything he says is douchey. This oh, guy. my God, this guy, I tell you. Because he said, that, I think I saw his comment in, in the other side, and he was something like, well, this is great because it's getting people to talk with one another. And then he mentioned something like he's some sort of coach that, yeah. that helps facilitate conversation relationship coach of some sort i don't know that's interesting because every time i see him post about anything anywhere i really want to punch him (laughs) i'm surprised he's facilitating anything for anybody and then this and then the original post wrote that's the thing i need that's the last thing i need is another list my inbox is full enough from business and then somebody else wrote don't back away from the topic success coaches and their ilk are chasing good people out of the business and then the original guy this guy is like, I think he's a comedian. He's one of the ones that was just like, anytime there's business involved, everything yeah. falls to shit. He said, it reminds me of the early days when people would sell grandma a $100 course on how to use a web browser, only crossed with Amway and the radio.biz. A trifecta of sketchiness. Still a negative bastard. Yeah, I know, stuff. right? And then, and then another guy wrote, I missed the fun. Where's the post in question? I know, he, right? He must have deleted it. He must have deleted it. Yeah, I think it is deleted. It. I, I which makes me kind of sad because I was hoping to talk about it today and, and really kind of show you. But the point of it all is really like I didn't know that there was such a big divide. And and I even said this like the other day. Like I'm not sure why you have to care how other people make their living. Like I'm not a porn star. What do you care if someone wants to pay me to teach them how to set their podcast up? I can't do that for free. I have other things I could do to make money. If I'm going to do that, I may as well make money doing that. Right. Like, why? Why do you care? Yeah, anybody can do, and then anybody can get free resources on anything and do it. You just need to go to ask.com and you can learn how to do whatever you want. Everything is available on YouTube, but some people don't like to learn that way. I think that maybe, you know, you might have hit on a point here. And I think it, this is a larger problem that happens, that, that affects On communities Facebook? as a whole. And Facebook specifically. And yeah. Um, there is, I, I believe, you know, when podcasting first started out, when, when, when people started to do the podcasting stuff, the reason that a lot of like the nerdy types, tech types really kind of found their home is because they were used to doing that kind of research. They were already thinking that way. There, there was already a, a like a, a, a there's a personality traits that, you know, you bring to the table that you kind of step into these interesting technologies and you don't mind hacking your own stuff. You don't mind coding your own feed. You don't mind understanding what an enclosure is or an RSS feed is. You don't, you know, you get the fact that you had to like download a third power, a third party software to even download these enclosures because before iTunes even existed, not iTunes existed, but iTunes supported podcasts. And Mm -hmm. and so there were people that were already stepping into the sphere that were kind of real true pioneers that were dealing with tech. And this kind of stuff was not easily taught, but there were a lot of um, communities that uh, grew out of that and they helped each other go through it together and they learned together as a community, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So they're, you know, and so people... And we want to do that for our group too. Yeah, of course, right? right? So that's sort of like how it all started. And then it kind of stayed there for a while with maybe just a few people that, that started to delve into the business of of teaching podcasting because like you found the need was there, but the need was still in, in more of the kind of like the geeky area of things like less into the business minded people because the business minded, I would say entrepreneurs were kind of at this moment dealing with the tried and true methods, right? Cause that's mm. kind of what you do. You kind of, you, you if you're a business owner, generally speaking, you don't do as much experimentation. You go for the things that give you your cash first because you have to stay afloat. You're a business person after all, and you don't do as much experimenting. Experimenting, <laughs> And then what started to happen is you did start to see a lot of people after all of that start to really make money podcasting from people who were in the business in mm-hmm. a, more of a business mindset. And so then you saw that as a true, like a true way of making money, like that there was a successful model already there. Therefore, you are now able to jump in. And that's when the need 
to provide more education was there because even though there is a lot, there are a lot of free resources. I mean, Cliff has, I don't know how many, over 400, I, don't, I haven't seen his last number for Podcast Answer Man, but he's basically covered every single question ever <laughs> you could possibly have about podcasting in that podcast. You could just sit there and listen to him, you know. Mm -hmm. You could sit and listen to the same thing for the school podcasting. You could Mm -hmm. sit and listen to Podcast 411 and and get the scoop on that. But there's a lot of people who are not going to do that, who has that kind of time, right? Right. So... That's where so the courses come in. You, of course, you step in and you and you learn it when you need it, and and you get it. You pay for that. Ah. Oh, so I don't know. I just found a funny. I just found a really funny note in there. Oh, it you says, did you? If marketing is out and developing authentic relationships with engaged, meaningful communities is in, why are we spending so much time talking about how much money everyone makes? Just saying. Right. <laughs> I and I think you know that's part. I think that's part of of. It's a, it's a push-pull, it's a push-pull, like, what is it? It's a double-edged sword kind of thing, yeah, you know, because people yeah. want you to be transparent, and at the same time, um, you don't want to really talk about money. I think mm-hmm. that the larger issue here is that it, what's so hard sometimes for me when I'm doing research, and this is what I see from my end, is that I see a lot of things like how to, like, I, if I, I have a Google um alert, you know, for podcasting. And I see it, I look at it every day. That's how I get a lot of my, the articles that I share that I feel are of value for the community over at Libsyn. Mm -hmm. But I would say, I don't know, 90, almost a hundred, sometimes almost a hundred percent a day are all these weird courses that people are now doing that you go on a link, you know, you know what those are. Like people optimize pages about with keywords that have to do with podcasting. And all of them are like how to make money podcasting, uh, podcasting from the, the beginner's guide. And this is like these random ebooks from people who I don't even, I've never heard of. And they're just selling product just like you would in any, anything else. So it's kind of discouraging for me when I go in there and I see how many people are creating these pages selling how to podcast. And, and in the landing pages, they don't even describe what podcasting is. They don't even give the proper definition. Um, and they don't, they don't offer like any kind of, of uh, information that is really important for the person who's purchasing it is. Like it's not going to make you money. <laughs> yeah. That it can. So I think that part of it is the fact that that's what's happening in the community. And, and I see the disdain uh, behind that. And You know, marketers know how to market themselves. That's the whole point. Business people have had to hustle. They know how to hustle. And the podcasting community as a whole, I don't think has had hustle or had or even know how to market themselves. So when Mm -hmm. you when you Mm -hmm. see that dichotomy, then these sort of arguments start to ensue. So I don't know. Yeah, that's how I I saw that. I couldn't believe it. And I couldn't understand why anyone would care. But there's so much out there that I don't understand why people care about. Yeah, I and again, you know, we go back and do, I, I in, in all honesty, I think it's a little bit much for to hear the loud voices um, of the business stuff. But I think what we're discussing in here in the podcast community group is the fact that there is a very strong, how do I say? I don't even know. Like the rules of the podcasting, the podcast community group on Facebook, the rules are that you are not to self-promote ever under any circumstances. Like that's just the, that's just the rule. So well, then, if there wasn't that rule, they would constantly, I mean, that, that's the problem is that the people who those anti-business people are really angry at mm-hmm. is, it's not me anyway. It's people who constantly... Yep constantly self-promote and don't do anything else and that's just tacky in general right not to mention if you're a podcaster but like yeah there are shows out there that are one long sales pitch and they're terrible and there are people who do nothing but update their facebook to be one long sales pitch and it's old and it's terrible and everyone is sick of it not just people who don't have businesses i'm extremely sick of it and i'm in marketing for Christ. right but i can't and the constant like self promotion. I don't. I don't ever go in a group and just. I think do that. Well, there are a couple that I don't get to peek in as much as I'd like. But 
Yeah, I think that, you know, and then the problem is that you have that. And then what I feel the community needs is a really great affirming, like an affirming way to promote yourself, a way in which gives value to the community when you put a post off. And I think our ladies on She Podcast do a very good job at doing that. Yeah, I mean, you know, um, I do think, though, that part of the reason our group isn't as pushy and promoting is because we have a day when they can do it. True. Because... You know what? You're right. Uh, that's, that's calculated. You're right. Um, you know, because if you don't give people an opportunity to promote at least once or twice a week, they either don't want to be a part of the group or, um, you know, or they find other ways of doing that. So in both my groups, I, I offer people an opportunity to promote themselves. I have no idea if it gets them any business. I don't always, I certainly can't always look at and read or listen to all the shows and the things that people are promoting in there, but... You know, if somebody sees one show that they, you know, I mean, I think that's worth it. Certainly worth the effort to promote it. So, um, and I think that I wish that they would have done that over at the podcast community to provide a time where people could really talk about it. And I do that for Libsyn as well. And I think, you know, part of the process is that you have to, you have to teach people how to promote themselves, or at least I found it. I found that be the case. Mm-hmm. Every time I, I have a, you know, I put up a post where I said, promote your latest episode. I have to make sure that I say, write the name of the podcast. <laughs> like I say, like, what's the name of your episode? What is it about? And who would it benefit? And a link, please. Because mm-hmm. usually what happens is they'll just put a link. And mm-hmm. I'm like, how's that going to help anyone? Like, I, I'm not going to be clicking through yeah. all of these people. So yeah. event, eventually you have to kind of teach people how to promote themselves. And I think that that as a community as a whole, not necessarily just our community, but as a whole, podcasters don't quite know even just like the beginnings of how to how to promote yourself properly mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that's just my opinion anyway I don't know if you've noticed that but you hang yeah. out with a lot of really smart ladies so, so I I that that's really an issue with them They're, it's not usually an issue with the people I know but I mean I I do have a very cluttered Facebook feed and and you know, my feed depresses me for different reasons. It's not because there's so many people having positive events that it makes my life look crappy in comparison. It's really more about the fact that, like, I see so much bad marketing and it depresses me. <laughs> so, yeah. So, from so, this, why don't we move to something else that was firing you up? Um, oh, but you know what? Shall we? It, I'm sorry? This is the Jessica Pissed Off episode, I guess. This is the Jessica Pissed Off episode. You actually did a very good job <laughs> of explaining your position because it was very clear and I love that. And and I think one thing that we really lack sometimes as women, and maybe this is going to bring us to our next part, is the fact that we need to be clear on our stance, you know, because at least because one of our topics for this episode was when are you being too nice? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so if you're being too nice, you might not say something, which is generally a fault, mm-hmm. generally a fault. And yes, so then I think like is. a lot of the time we don't, we kind of don't really say what we mean and you say what you mean. So let's talk about that post that we saw over with El- Ellen, I think it was. Did mm-hmm. she post on She Podcast? Yeah, Ellen Britt. Yeah. Okay. Why don't you go ahead and read? Oh, another podcasting teacher, by the way. Oh, good. Well, there you have it. See yeah. that? She has a boot camp as well. She ran a boot camp. I don't know if she still has it. She did run one. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, when are you being too nice? When the last time I was accused of that was like never, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, especially lately, I can't even. I can really only bring myself to be nice to the people who live here for most of the time. You see that? Uh, anyone else is up for grabs. Um, so yeah, was that last night in the middle of the night? <sighs> no, sleep. it actually wasn't. And was it? No, it was not in the middle of the night. It was like just in the day. But um, seventeen hours ago. Okay. Yeah, um, so do you want, here, so her post, Ellen Britt, uh, she talked about if a guest asks if they will be, when a guest asks um, if they will be able to use slash repurpose their interview recording for their business, how do you answer? My preference would be to give them the player embed code to go on their own site, but not allow to give them the MP3 recording away as a bonus and so forth. What do you guys think? Do you need to, <laughs> is she calling you? She, she yes, yeah, hold on one second. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Maybe I'll just read it again for funsies. Basically, what she's asking is when you have a guest on, sometimes they ask to reuse or repurpose their interview. And what do you do? And then she said her preference is to give them the embed code, but not the MP3. 
um, because they may want to give away the MP3 as a bonus. And so then she asked what we thought. And then Anastasia Valentine said, agree and bet okay. it on their site. Yeah, I was just, I reread I'm it. back. She was like. Okay, is she okay? Yeah, she was, she just, made, she needed me to wipe her butt. That's the oh, whole point. Yeah. She was sitting on her toilet going, I'm done. Yeah, I'm, done. I'm done. I had a funny feeling. So. I heard I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I assume that's what it was. Um, so, yeah, so I just had read it back just so we didn't have dead air. I just read it back just saying, like, should you give them in bed or use, you know, I say a lot of guests do ask this to um, give the MP3 as a bonus. And then I was reading that Annie, you know, Annie V, Anastasia Valentine said, embed it or download it. No editing. Um, Barbara wrote embed. And then I jumped in, of course. Of course. And and I wrote, um, I wrote no, no embedding. They can have the link to your, and what I meant was the link to your post with the show on it, and that's it. Because why should they get the traffic? You get the download with the embedding. You'll still get the download. This is what I meant. Maybe I wasn't clear. I think I was trying to sleep, actually. I couldn't. Uh, yeah. Let me just say what I meant to say, because reading it, it makes me sound sort of dumb. Um, so You got five likes. I got five likes. But what I was trying to say was, you'll still get a download if you give someone an embed code. But the download's not... This is why I keep saying every time iTunes comes up, the download is not the point. It is the point, but it's not the point. Your web traffic is the point, especially Ellen, who has a business. I know she has a business. Why would she give the embed code for, you know, if I was interviewing Elsie, I don't want them to listen to it on Elsie's website so Elsie can sell more yoga classes. No, funk that. Thank you. <laughs> it's my show. I made the intro. I do the bumpers. I sit there with the, you know, I'm. I prep the guests. I'm the fluffer of the guests. And if that's the case, I get the traffic. I get the sale, not them. And, I'm, and, and then, you know, um, so then I said, you know, the only time they've got, they, I've ever given my MP3 away was I, I, I started this little program for people who, because people, because I have a business show, or I don't even know why, they ask me to interview them if they've already been on the show because they have a new product. Uh, and, I, and so I've agreed to do okay. it on some occasions. So, we're, so we're, um, there's one, there's a couple shows. First of all, I always air them not on a show day. So if it says a very special episode, most likely it's what I call a sponsored episode. They pay a couple hundred dollars. They can steer the questions I ask and then they get the MP3 to use as they want because they've paid for it. They've paid for my time. They've paid for my editor, and they've and they get to you know. And then I don't ask them you know about their dog or whatever, right? So uh, you know, it's very it's very um, content specific to what they want me to talk about. And Ellen um, Ercolini, Rebecca Tracy did one for their. Um, they did a court a coaching course about how to create a coaching coaching. What is wrong with me? A coaching. Um, I think business or product or something like that. And I let them give me the questions, but they didn't want to give me too many because the reason they were doing it because they liked my style, et cetera. But I basically kind of grilled them about the course and why it was important and where they came up with the idea and stuff like that. And it was like an hour. And then I gave them the MP3. I've done it one other, one or two other times. Um, Because guests do come back and say, you know, like actually I'm I'm interviewing Liz Dialto. Because everything in her life is completely different than it was like a year and a half ago when I interviewed her in the first place. But I, it's not really a sponsored episode because I think, I mean, because I'm personally interested. She, I mean, her life has come, I mean, she went from James Wedmore and living in this one place. And, you know, and that's different. Right. So sometimes I have guests on again without doing that. But if, they, but if she were to say, and I really want you to talk about um, Wild Soul, whatever her thing is called, then I would ask her to pay for it. And so in that case, I think it's okay. But I think when other people, there's been one time I had a, I had a, um, cause here's the problem is that on my booking form, it says co-host or sponsored episode. One time someone chose a sponsored episode and just checked off that she wanted an MP3. And I had to write her back and say, first of all, I, I completely canceled the booking cause she didn't book it with the right form. So I canceled the booking. I wrote her a note and I was like, you know, sponsored episode costs $250, Um, you need to do the co-host. I know it's more questions. And then she's like, well, am I still going to get the MP3? I had to explain no. I said, no, it's my show. 
and it stays on my website because it's my show. So you're not going to get an MP3, but I will give you a link. You can put it on your press page. You can do whatever you want with it, but it's still going to link back to the episode on my website. And she was fine with it. And then, I mean, she, she pushed me back one more time. And then I said, hey, if, if you know, if, if um, I said, if it's not, I think I implied that either it wasn't a good time. I said, look, if you still need to think about, um, if you still need to think about it, that's fine. We can just reschedule when, when you've made up your mind. Because I didn't say, I didn't argue. I just said, obviously, you're not sure this is what's best for you. Right. Because if it is what's best for you, you will go by my rules. I can even look it up. Let me see if I can find it. Um, what exactly I said to her. Because it was basically, it was sort of like a, this is how it's going to be. If it's not right for you, I'll interview you when it is. Kind of. Mm-hmm. You know? Yep. And so, I, I did say it in a way that I thought was nice enough I gotta remember when I interviewed her, and I don't want to say who it is because, uh, um, you know, because I don't want to call her out. But uh, I just want to find it. E intro is that it? Oh yeah, here's the introduction. Oh oh okay. So so she looked at the co-host, and then she says, "I'm not comfortable checking the box that states you own my words and my story." Also, there isn't a box where I get the MP3, like the sponsor option, please advise. And so I wrote, the box is only indicating that I own the show, not the story. It means the episode belongs to me. I can quote it. I can transcribe it. That's what that's for. I'm almost to 100 episodes. No one's complained yet. And what that's true. Sponsors are being paid to be interviewed. Co-hosts are just guests. Those interviews are paid spots, like an ad. I'll give you a link to the page, but it's a podcast. It's sort of like being a guest on a Larry King show and then wanting the footage for your own site. The show stays on my site, and I give you a link like a guest post. Does it make sense? I'm not trying to snow you. It's the same as if you were a guest on any media from my experience. And then I wrote another one because I felt she hadn't written back. And so I said, look, I know we don't know each other well. If you'd rather wait until we get to know each other better before you're a guest, that's fine. That's how I said it. Like, hey, you don't know my life. That's fine. I don't know your life. That's fine. But basically, I felt like she was being too, is, it, is trepidatious the right word? Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think that yeah. that's a good that's a good word to to use. So, so that's that's maybe an option too. Is like, hey, if you don't if you don't if you feel like you don't trust me yet, if you want to get to know each other a little better on social media, why don't we wait a couple months and then I'll interview you? And that's yeah. a and that's a not it's not a way of saying it is a way of saying play my my rules or don't play. But it's also an invitation to say, hey, I dig what you're saying, and if you don't trust me, I'll wait till you do trust me because you need to trust me for this. Mm-hmm. Right. Because when you interview someone, they do need to trust you. I mean, people trust Oprah. Right. Yep. They need to trust me, too. So then I said, um, I would never attempt to obtain anyone's story. Statement is to protect me. It gives me the right to air the episode because you never know. Only once did a guest decide after the interview she didn't want me to run it. And then she changed her mind a week later. I'm respectful of other people. That checkbox just requires the same of my guests. I'm a good interviewer. It's a skill I, you know, have honed. I take it seriously. Um, and I just want the rights to use that show. If you're nervous, it's okay to wait to get to know each other. I think that's good. Yeah, she wrote, thanks for the clarity. I get it. I appreciate your sensitivity. I'm fine with moving forward. The end. The end. The end. So, you know, what's interesting, though, is that, I, you know, this, this is a very specific issue that arises for people who are doing this, like, as a business in the way that you're doing it, in the way that you're kind of um, putting yourself up or not, set, not, yeah, setting yourself up to, to really just establishing your platform and what's expected and the way that you align in your communication so that people understand what to expect, that this is a business, right? Mm-hmm. So this Even comes from the not- ground up. But if, is, even if you don't have a business podcast, like like Aaliyah who interviewed, I mean, actually she has a co-host, but sometimes they interview television stars and guests. They still need a firm boundary, right? Anybody who, I mean, even if you don't have a business show, your right. podcast is a business. The whole thing about running it is a business. Yeah. Even if it doesn't make money. It's true. But you know what, though? I have to say that you can have those firm stances for the... Uh, entertainment stuff but sometimes those guys only have a set amount of time it's like you know they have at noon mm-hmm. and that's what you get noon on thursday mm-hmm. if you want that person on the show you got to be available at noon on thursday and then more likely than not and this has happened to me before not not in the podcasting space but you might just get a call and say like uh their their shooting schedule is running late can you do one o'clock 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, in all honesty, that's one of the reasons why I stopped working. <laughs> I know this is like, so I worked with Nicole Kidman. <laughs> I, 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 I worked with Nicole Kidman for a, while, a little bit while she was shooting Bewitched in L.A. Shut the front and door. And then, and one of the reasons that I did not, I, I kind of did not pursue that relationship is because I, she, you know, she was hiring me to come to set on set, right? Between in her lunch times, in between when she was doing the stuff to come teach some yoga to her. And so then I would, I was so excited. Of course, why wouldn't you be right? Mm-hmm. I was so excited. Top dollar. Super mm-hmm. awesome to just come into her, into her a little trailer what, or whatever trailer or whatever and just do yeah. the yoga thing and then go and it was awesome when i was there it was awesome she was perfect she brilliant i mean just as just an awesome human being the issue was in the scheduling so it was like one day it was like can you do on monday yes and then i booked the whole thing out because you know she's like a top like a list client of mine right mm-hmm. so yeah monday noon that's when i you know covered everything. I covered my public classes because I was getting so much more money, much more clout, blah, blah, blah. Oh, I'm so sorry. She can't do it today because they, the shooting went late. So we can do Tuesday at 11. Okay, oh. then I'll do Tuesday at 11. And it kept happening every single time. It was never on time. I was always pushed. Mm-hmm. And she always was really help. I mean, really, really grateful when I got in. And I don't think this is her issue. I think it's no. just the no. entertainment industry. Mm-hmm. as a whole. So well, I think that if you want that, you got to de- you got to go with the punches or say hire me for the day. Yeah. You know. So I'm saying that it depends on what you want from it and I know that's a very specific like thing that I'm talking about, but yeah, if 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 my goal would have been to become a celebrity yoga teacher, then mm-hmm. I more likely than not would have just wanted to continue on that path. And then yeah. put up with it, right? And just made made decisions based upon that. But that was not my goal. I wanted to have my own set schedule and I valued my own time without having to be at somebody else's beck and call, which is what I felt the entertainment industry was as, as a whole, even as an actor. I didn't want that in my life. Mm-hmm. So I didn't pursue that in the future. Yeah, but that sort of brings us to uh, um, the other topic, I think, which is about... Um, when to reschedule and not reschedule. But, um, like, how many times would you let that happen? Even if it yep. isn't a kid. Exactly. Where, like, find yourself another yoga teacher. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so that's an interesting question. I think a lot of people feel like, especially when you're new podcasters, that anybody who decides to be a guest on your show is doing you a huge favor. Mm-hmm. And it's very weird even at the be- I mean, it's very weird at the beginning to consider it the other way around. I had to keep being reminded by random people, like random people would remind me, "Hey, you're you're doing me a favor." And some people were the guests that would remind me, "Thank you so much for letting me be on your show." Are you kidding me? I am so grateful that you would take an hour out of your day to talk to me. Thank you so much, and they would be like, "No, no." You're doing me the favor. Thank you. And I'd be like, yeah, you know what? God damn it, I am. Uh, <laughs> um, but it took a while before I felt like I wasn't the one being done a favor. A while. But I think you do kind of, it helps to have that mindset going into it because you do get walked on a little bit. Like people don't show up. They don't bother to reschedule. They don't tell you that they're running late. That's not nice. And that's you being nice by allowing it. I think that that also plays in the other side, though, Jess, like the the guest side of things, too, because, yeah, to hear the guest you know, part. I well, obviously I have these these, you know, she podcasts and the feed are my my main podcasts, if you will. And those are with co-hosts. So we have a set time where we show up and I'm and I'm not, you know, if we have to reschedule, it's it's fine. That usually doesn't happen very often. And and since we know each other, it, it's not the it's not the same thing. But I know that I have had times when, at least for myself, I've had invites. I actually just accepted an invite for somebody that I don't know whatsoever, that I've never heard of before. I don't think she's part of our group. I don't think she knows me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just was like, I want to go through this process talking to this woman who I don't know how she got my name and she's asking me to be on her show. So I kind of wanted to go, but there was a resistance for me as well going like, do I really need to do this? Because uh, I mean, honestly, is this my target audience? Is her show somebody that is going to benefit from what I have to say Um, or, or want to work with me? 
in some capacity. And so I had to kind of sit back and kind of think about it in that way. Would, would me having to align my time frame, my time slots or whatever with like, you know, European times to see if we can make this work worth my time. And I, in the end, I decided to schedule and to see, I want to see the whole process through as an experiment for me, because like I said, I don't know who this person is. Like, I think that this is the first time that somebody is reaching out to me that I don't even, that I don't know how they heard of me. Usually I get, I listen to your show. Mm-hmm. I, I love your thoughts about X, Y, Z. Let's talk, right? Something like that. But this is the first time I got like a, an email from the assistant telling me to be on this person's show. And I was like, hmm, okay, I'm going to try this out. I'll, I'll, I'll give it a go. So it's really just an experiment for me right now. But I think in the future, I probably won't take that because I think her audience is not the audience that I want to talk with anyway. It's so much easier for me to give strict um, guidelines around this as the host than it is for me as the guest. And the reason why is because as a guest and as a business person, I'm usually very hungry for audience. And like as a host, I'm even hungry for audience. So I, so part of me feels like anybody who has to interview you, just say yes because you never know who's going to be listening and you never know who's going to hear you and you never know how much you could grow. And that's the total wrong attitude because you ha- I have wasted so much time. Well, you never know, Jess, because you know, that was my thought too because I kept thinking like, is this really my audience? And then I thought, well, how do the re- I guess I'm coming back to the – to the perspective of let's take it back to the biz and hobby podcasters, right? I consider myself more with the essence of a hobby podcaster, more of like the artistic type, more the creative type, less about making a business like in the way that a lot of people are doing it right now. Mm -hmm. And so part of the issue that I feel is happening with that is that the reason that there is such a turmoil in terms of the hobby podcasters is that the hobby podcasters don't have a voice. They, they're not that they don't have a voice, but they're choosing not to speak up in a positive way. It's just about, it's all complaining. And I'm not going to do that because that's all the marketers. I'm not going to do that because that's all the business owners, but they're not stepping up into themselves and sharing how awesome they are in a good way. Right? Yeah. So I think that that's really lacking. And I'm asking you know, hobby podcasters, creative podcasters, artistic podcasters to step up and share their work in the same way that the business podcasters are sharing it. They need to take responsibility for their own experience. I agree. Right? So Mm -hmm. now for myself, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, I don't know if this is the right audience for me, but you know what? They need to hear from somebody like me. This audience needs to hear from somebody that's like me. That is not going to say the same things that everybody else says about stuff. Well, and that's part of it. You know, and the thing is, if the, if at the end of our conversation, the host says, this is not the right fit for my audience, I'm not going to be hurt if she doesn't put it up on her show. Mm -hmm. Like it just, at least at this moment, like I said, it's an opportunity for me to speak to this audience if she, you know, puts it out there and Hey, I'm, I'm good with it. But I do think that there is a point, there's a time when I, I say, Jessica, I think that there are some people that need to hear from you. I think that you do need to be heard in certain spheres that may not necessarily be your, you know, main, the, you know, the woman who's going to go take your course. Maybe it's not that woman. Maybe it's a different type of woman, but they need to be, a, they need to be, ex- you, they need to hear from you. Mm-hmm. So... I just don't know when the time is when you can say like, you know what, I'm not doing inner interviews anymore because I'm getting to that point where I'm like, I don't know if I can do any more interviews. And it's not because of strategic stuff. It's just that I honestly don't have time. Mm-hmm. Now, there was a show I was asked to be on. I got to find it. Um, and I, I didn't really feel like there's no reason why I didn't. I didn't want to be on it. I just felt like it wasn't right. I don't know. It, it, it was a dude. He was too new. I don't know. She, uh, one of the women in our group, um, Katie, said she was working with Jessica Rhodes. And could she introduce me to this person who has a new podcast? Um, it's a three-day-a-week interview series. He interviews successful business owners. 
Do you want to share your story? I don't know why I hesitated. I just couldn't, I could not, I cannot tell if it's a good use of my time. I know it's business related, but sometimes when they're business related and they're new podcasters, plus he's in Australia, so it'd be really hard to, um, it would be really hard to like, gauge whether or not, um, like, I mean, I mean, it would be really hard to, what's the word, to schedule it, I guess. But I don't know. I looked at some of the guests and I was just kind of like, I know he's just starting out. So part of me feels like I should. But then if I'm on every new podcast in the first 10 episodes, how does that look for me? Yeah, and that was that's the other thing too, because if they start to build up, so this is something else to note. It's like if you're in the first ten episodes or so, you're gonna you're the one that's gonna be getting the least amount of downloads. Yeah, like I'd rather wait it out. Right, because once you get to like forty or fifty or something like that, like that's like when you would want to go back on whatever show. So Mm -hmm. even then, because Liz wasn't Liz D'Alto a little bit one of your first episodes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was like right another reason. Yeah. Yeah. So then, like your your audience size has like uh, doubled or tripled (laughs) since then. Yeah. Yeah. So now she's going to be exposed to people from a whole new perspective. Yeah. So it wasn't even that I didn't think the audience was good. It was just that, like, right now I need to save my time because I'm getting ready to go on maternity. I need to save my time for the stuff that's going to get me the most amount of traction with the least amount of results. Right. If I say yes to everything, I can't do that. And I have a bad tendency to say yes to everything. Yeah. I really do. Especially when it comes to interviews. Because, again, when you want to be successful, you will say yes to everything. But then you end up wasting a lot of time. I don't want to do that. We don't want to waste time. No, no. <laughs> no. But, I mean, that's a... God, the, you know, an hour is worth a lot of money to me. Yep. That's all. Yeah, no, I I totally agree, and I think that part of the pro- part of the issue is that I've also I also felt as an audience, not as an audience, as a listener, uh, not a listener. I'm sorry, as a guest of a show that I've had people who said, you know, 45 minutes or 30 minutes or whatever, and then we go on and on. Like I, I think I just did I did an interview for someone who we were almost on for like two hours, and I did not. I, I, it was like I was sweating, my girls were going crazy, and I don't know how he did not feel that I was done. And, it, and you know, part of my problem of being too nice is that I didn't say, hey, can we cut it off now? Because it's like almost two hours. <laughs> yeah, actually that happened to me once too. It can went we way done? longer than it was supposed to and I had another appointment. Have you set, have you had, have you gone over? I mean, do, I, I, I hear you when you're on the show, you say like, are you okay? I have two more questions. And you say like that. I know we're almost close to the hour, but at least, but you've never gone like, you know, 90 minutes to, to two hours. Well, first I have them book 75 minutes just in case it does go over. So usually the time is free. I'm just trying to be aware of the right. time, but uh, that's as a host. But as a guest, I have, I'm saying as a guest, that's happened to me where, the person just keeps asking and asking and asking and I missed a call or whatever because I don't want to – I – that's probably one of the times when I'm too nice where I'm just like, you know, I do kind of have to – I have something else right now because I don't want to – I've had one person say that to me as a guest and it embarrassed me. Oh, so, it, because she had to go. Because mm-hmm. oh. it was right at the top of the hour and she was like, and this interview's done. It was really abrupt. Oh, my gosh. I was like, okay, thank you so much. Thank you for listening. And I hung up. <gasps> I just ended it. I figured she's going to be abrupt. I will, too. Wow, that's crazy <laughs> pants. Because that's like, but see, in it, but see, the thing is, it's like when it, I mean, if it's her time, is that valuable, though? I mean, Probably. I don't know. I mean, what do you, what do you do? I mean, do, do you do that? And even if she pisses you off, then... She pisses you off. Like there's a, there's a something more valuable that. that she she didn't have. It embarrassed me. It's different, right? I, it didn't make me angry, right? Because I I should have. I mean, I didn't know she would be that rigid with her time, but I should have known. I guess does that make sense? It was a yes. mis- that's now you hear me say right. Oh, we're almost done. Do you have time still? Because of that one time. Because the one time when it didn't happen, mm. just like I have to go now, and I was embarrassed. Yeah. But I but again. I think also because I was embarrassed, I wouldn't do that to another podcaster. I just wouldn't do it. If I had another call, I would, I would either say something at the beginning, like this has to be done at two because I have a call at two, 
Or I would say, or I would just keep going and tell the other person or whatever was going on, they had to wait. I would find a way to send them, you know, I would use my phone, text them and say, I'm just running a little late. I'm really sorry. Right. I'm being interviewed. The person's new, whatever, you know? Yeah, totally. Because I, would, oh. I wouldn't do that. To, I don't think I would do that. To, and, and actually, in, in the person's defense, it was someone slightly more high profile who probably, I mean, it wasn't Tori Johnson, but like it was somebody who has been on TV and she's very well known. And it was, um, you know, I just, I just was like, I felt guilty, I guess. It was my fault. So that's why I don't, I want to make sure, that's one of the reasons why I changed the booking time. And then one of the reasons why I always ask if it's okay that we run over. Because if it's not, hopefully they'll tell me. Well, well, that's good to know. And yeah. um, I'm, all, I'm all for that. I'm just going to have to get better also asking for my time, you know, like that. But um, yeah, and I know that there's times when I, I was just on the podcaster's round table. That's a round table show. Uh, mm-hmm. deliberately right. he was really good about having it be an hour and there's obviously chatting before and chatting after but it's never required you you know he just sends you a little link t- for the google hangout and you just show up and you do that um, I've also been part of other podcasts as well that are like a little bit of a round table kind of thing um, so it really is I think up to the guests to be able to tell whoever the guest is coming up you know the I'm sorry the host to tell the guest that's coming on um, what the expectations are in terms of time. Because I, you know, we, I, I've had guests come on to the feed as well where uh, you have to make sure that everybody shows up on time, make sure that you get your ducks in a row. You know, the chatting that we do before we get on the show, if we had somebody join us, more likely than not, it would be best to get that out of the way. <laughs> Some people need a warm-up, too. Some people do need a warm-up to just have a little bit of chit-chat, but not too much chit-chat, because that's something that they should know as well, and then you can take it, because even those of you, and I I would love to hear from those of you who don't have interview shows, how you deal with with, with the way that you prep guests that come onto your show that are not usually part of the equation. So if you have like co-hosts like Jess and I have, if you have a guest that comes on the show um, or you, you know, how do you get that going? How do you know who's, um, how do you prep them for what to expect on your show and all that fun stuff? Yeah. I mean, depends on the person, right? Yeah, of course. Do you think we prep each other? We prep each <laughs> we prep each other, but I mean, you know, I, I think I what I did when I had a I had Mignon Fogarty and um, um, Mac OS Ken Ken Ray come on the show uh, for the feed with Rob, and we were going to talk about uh, holiday holiday gifts, techie holiday gifts for Christmas time, mm-hmm. and you know. In our communication that I sent to everybody, I, I sent them bullet lists of things that we were going to talk about. I also sent a Google Doc for everybody to add their their gifts to that guide so that everybody could kind of see what they were going to talk about. And I also wrote how very briefly how it was going to go. Like we're just going to do a little chat and then everybody's going to talk about what their best gifts would be. Mm-hmm. And even then... Mignon and I got the wrong time and the poor girl ended up not being able to get on the show mm. because we got our time, the times wrong. And then what she did, though, is she was so sweet. She recorded her side, her, her gift guide basically on her own, and she sent me a file. And so we had the conversation of all three of us. And then I added Mignon's gift guide to, nice. to the post. So it, it ended up being that everybody got to hear from her as well. But it would have been great to have us all discuss yeah, guide yeah, gifts, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. So Usually, that's how I did it anyway. I have a one sentence. I mean, I send them so much prep, but I don't know if they read it. So usually I'll just say, "Okay, I'm going to use your bio to introduce you, and then we're just going to kind of go for it. There's nothing off limits. I'm just going to probably ask you about how you got to where you are, and then we'll just go from there." And they usually say, "Okay," and then I hit record. Nice. Yeah, it's like one. It's like a one sentencer, but I mean, some people. I don't know. Sometimes when it's lately, I've interviewed more people that uh, I don't know that well, mm-hmm. and so I feel like I should warn them up more about your your vibe or your way of doing things. Just to get to know them a little better. Uh. Ask about the weather. Usually, <laughs> ask about the weather. People like talking about it's safe. 
but I, I start, you know, they start to loosen up a little. Yeah, totally. I think that that's one of the reasons why I don't like whenever I do interviews with people, I don't do the introduction. I do the introduction separately mm-hmm. so that I do it before and then I can just start talking, recording and then just tell them it's recording. It's dangerous. Yeah. And then um, and then from that point on, I'll just cut when I think the conversation starts to move more into the show and then it sounds a little more organic. Yeah, so. I'm, you know what? Like fluffing people can be dangerous because, um, like with Victoria Gibson, when I interviewed her, I'd never spoken to her before, never talked to her before, but we have a lot of mutual friends, and I knew I would like her. Right. The second I got on the phone with her, I wished I had started recording because everything she says is brilliant. She's so much fun and she's right. so funny. And we probably talked for like a half hour before I was even like, maybe we should start our show now. You know, like because. Because, you know, but that was a lot of warm up and she didn't need it really at all. Yeah. I just wanted to get to know her because we had never talked and we never talked and we never talked before. Right. And there are other people where they seem kind of quiet and then it makes me nervous. And then I'm like, let's just go. Right. Yeah. No, I hear you. Because it's like, like, what are you going to talk? Yeah. Let me freak out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So. So, you know, so it's weird. That's so it's dangerous because if you because, again, if you like Kate Stillman. When I interviewed her, I ended up talking to her a lot. I think either before or after, um, or maybe both. And similarly, she didn't need that much intro, but I was, again, trying to get to know her. And then it's like, well, this is like, I'm getting good stuff and I'm not recording it. So it's weird to know when to, how to, you know, you can't really get to know someone with a script. So it's weird. Do that. You know? All right. So, dude, we've been going on for like ever. This is like super like long show. Is it? Uh, oh, yeah. So, ladies, do you have any way that you feel that you're being too nice? That you're yeah. being too nice? Um, and if you, you feel that that's the case, then why don't you let us know? Maybe we can um, offer some help or maybe we'd love to hear from you. If you all send some voice feedback, you can send it over to feedback at shepodcast.com and we could insert it in the show. We could totally do that because I'm doing the editing, so I'll do it. (laughs) So uh, any of you ladies that have felt the friction between hobby podcasters and business podcasters, maybe not on Facebook or maybe somewhere else that you were a little bit surprised at, Share it with us and let us know what you think. And also, how can we maybe create a, a better way of, of, of conversing about this and, and, and helping both sides, of the, both sides of the coin get together and make friends? Or do you hate one or the other? Yeah. Do you hate one or the other? Are you like, you know, did you start to do this as a business and you're like, who is that hobby podcaster? Yeah. I mean, I have to say, I think the reason I was so naive is because I'm very spoiled by our group and our group is very respectful. Yeah. Our group is very respectful because it's all chicks. Totally. And you know what? We start mixing. It gets kind of spicy. Well, see, here's the other thing, too, because there are people who are doing things that are hobby podcasters that really love their job and they're brilliant at their job, their job, job, you know, they're like PhDs, they're highly skilled educators. Um, You know, my friend Danny Pena from Gamer Time Radio, you know, he has a very successful podcast. I think they hit another 100,000, 100,000 download month uh, for the month of August. And he was very proud. He's an indie podcaster. He's been doing so many things. And people ask him all the time, how come you don't quit your day job? And he's like, I love my day job. Yeah. He works for Discovery Channel. He loves it. So there's people like that too. So I think that there is misnomers in terms of us thinking like there's only one way to do it. And there are some people who just truly love this medium, are skilled, they're great, but they are still in the hobby podcaster kind of um, umbrella, but they're not... uh, you know what? I, I they're not like the interview shows. They're not like the people who are the entrepreneurs. They're just brilliant people doing their own thing. Right. So if that's you, I'd love to hear from you. Yeah, or, absolutely. Or if you, yeah, or if you feel something else about it, be very interested to hear. 
totally. all about it, all about what you think. Exactly. We want to hear your voice. So if you do have any feedback, email please she uh, <laughs> feedback at shepodcast.com. And you can yeah. also join our email list. So even if you don't have a podcast, you person who doesn't have a podcast but really wants a podcast or maybe doesn't want a podcast and you just love us, you can sign up for our email list if you go over to shepodcast.com. It's right at the top of the page. You don't have to be part of the directory unless you really want to and you're a woman. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. And we love you. I think we'll talk to you soon. All right. Yay. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.